There you are. Let's see if we can pick you up. Harvey and I, with some walking with a hat man. Morning. Beautiful sunny day here. Birds are twitterpating. <laughs> Whatever that is. And um, I hear up in the north we've got lots of rain on the way down. So we've come out for an early-ish walk today. Um, whilst the kettle was boiling earlier for a cup of tea, um, I had to check my bank balance. And um, please feel free to add it, make any contributions towards that. <laughs> Not keep your own money, spend it on your family and your loved ones and yourself. And um, I got through to the security bit and I put my thumb on the uh, sensor and I looked at the screen and it said, please put your fingerprint on the sensor. And uh, I looked and I had my thumb on it and I realised I'm breaking the rules. And I thought about at the very beginning, it would have asked me for a fingerprint. And without thinking, I put my thumbprint to the sensor. Now, I can't remember what it was, um, whether or not there was an instruction or just said put a finger or thumb. But all this time I've realised I'm, I'm breaking the rules. And I'm wondering, what other rules am I breaking that aren't having a negative impact on my life? And I was thinking, so have I, do I live in a world of rules that actually don't need adhering to? And then I thought, okay, well, what rules do I have? What are the things I must do, the things I say I have to do, and what are the things others say I must do and have to adhere to? And then I thought, well, what's the point? <laughs> what are all these rules trying to do? Drive me through a funnel system so I end up behaving only a particular way? I don't know. But, so I'm going to think today, as the walk goes on, about other rules and things that I stick to. And then I'm going to think about, well, actually, is that limiting anything I'm trying to or do and um, he, oh yeah um, what's his name Sam Warburton yeah Sam Warburton the, um, he's a Welsh rugby player and he was the captain of the British Lions and he went to uh, it's a rugby team he took them to South Africa and New Zealand and they had a great uh, couple of tours in the southern hemisphere and he was talking about what he did with his team and what, what the uh, the coaches and the managers did and they came up with what went in their body was really important and they were talking about the food diet water and also they had some uh, sports psychologists physiologists they had the whole team, you know, vision, um, goal setting visions and stuff like that. And he said the whole reason for it was to imagine, and he explained it by saying, if you're on the edge of a cliff top, up on the cliffs, 
and you're 10 meters away from the edge and you turn around and face inland facing towards what you want oh 50p piece on the floor oh, i should have asked for more money and um it's staying there for the next person yeah so they're facing towards their goal And they've got a load of things they need to do. So the diet, water, uh, psychology, visualisation, gym work, teamwork, decision making, etc. And behind them is the cliff edge, the place where they don't want to be. They don't want to be going over the edge. And he said a lot of the rules we had were to take us further and further towards what we want and further away from what we don't want, which was defeat. Anyway, about two or three days before their first test match, he, he's in his room and his uh, roommate is having a cup of tea and he's got a couple of biscuits there. Puppy leave. And he says to his mate, he says, what are you doing? He's a man with a cup of tea. He goes, I see that. And what are those? Biscuits. And I looked at him and I said, what are, you, what are you doing that for? I fancy a cup of tea and biscuits. He said, two days before our first test match on this tour, and you're putting that in your body. What are you, what are you doing? That's not what we do. That's not what we're training. We're here to win. And this is what we're doing. And you're doing that? No. His mate thought about saying, well, it's just a couple of biscuits. And he looked at him and he went, you're right. You're right. So he didn't finish the biscuits. He poured the tea away and he drank water and they got back on track. And Sam Warburton was saying that when they crossed the line on the field, they needed to make sure that every single one of them were the best prepared they could be. And that meant we all do the right things the right way, all with a view to winning. So he likened the cup of tea and biscuits about moving 50 centimetres closer towards the cliff edge, which meant 50 centimetres away from the goal. So maybe if we got some of these rules that we're adhering to for ourselves, Maybe we're getting further away from what we want. But for that to happen, of course, we're going to have, to have some idea about what we'd like to be or do. Mine is peacefulness. And, um, oh, I love loads of, uh, loads of things along the way. It's not being quiet. Well, yeah, quite probably. But also a sense of peace like this time of the day. Kill the pigeons. Couple of magpies over there and the crows. I like this time of day. Yeah, and I think Harvey does too. Oh, we've got a cat. Don't eat the cat. Um, yeah, so what do we want? Well, first of all, you've got to have to think about what it is you need, really. Maybe get 
if you can get some clarity about the things you want, or maybe even the things you don't want. And then you've got to set some rules. Rules for yourself. Rules others set for you. Well, yeah, maybe. But you're probably more likely to break those than you are your own rules. For instance, if you don't drink tea or coffee, or, or you don't smoke, and your smoking friend says, oh, do you fancy a cigarette for the first time? And you say, no thanks, I don't smoke. He's not going to go, oh, go on, have one, just have a little one. That's a bit different, isn't it, to... Oh, okay. So if, you, if you're a non-smoker and you say, I don't smoke, rarely is someone going to try and force a cigarette on you. They might ask, have you ever smoked? But they're not going to say, come on, have a quick one. Yeah, this will be all right. You'll be all right. But if you say, no, I've given up, they might say, oh, how long ago? How long's it going? And then they might try and tempt you with a big smile. Well, you can have one, can't you? And you'll say no. But what happens is these, these people, they want to lure you into their world. Because they want to, I'm not sure they're doing it deliberately, but they just want to, they're testing how strong your resolve and resolution is into being what it is. I had a friend of mine came around a couple of months back. Um, God, I've known him for, God, years. And came in and I always put the kettle on when someone comes in. That's a little thing I always do. I find it, it's probably from my parents' time. Somebody comes to the house, hiya. Cheers. Nice cyclist. And the kettle would always go on and it would be a pot of tea on the go or, or some people, God forbid, they'd have a coffee. Anyway, back to my friend. I said, do you, want, do you fancy a cuppa? He says, no thanks. I said, oh, you want a coffee? He goes, no, no thanks, I don't, I don't drink hot drinks. Oh, what, eh, what? <laughs> he just didn't like hot drinks. So I now know, next time he comes around to the house, or we're out somewhere, I'm not gonna bring up the conversation of having a hot drink, a coffee, a chocolate, a tea, because I know. If he said he's given up, I might ask why. I might ask if he misses it. And I might ask, has he tried all hot drinks or is it just hot drinks full stop? Or is it only some full drinks? And the reason I would do that is I just want to understand more about what it is. I mean, God, if somebody doesn't like a hot drink, they don't like a hot drink. So it's probably looking to understand their rules and resolve. One of the things about riding a bike is you've got to keep pedaling. And you, if you don't do that, you're going to fall off. You've got to keep pedaling and you've got to go forwards. Um, so the question is, how do we remember? How do we learn, know how to ride a bike, say 20, 30 years later, since you last rode a bike, how did your body remember? Well, there's some stuff going on in your brain, it goes into your deep memory. So if you've got physical, if you do something physically, 
your deep memory comes into place and you'll always remember. So it's like, how do we access the deep memory to ensure that when we step up again to do something, we know how to do it? Well, first thing, you've got to, you've got to set some rules, you know. Uh, and if you're going to ride a bike, the first thing is, one, you've got to find a bike. Two, you've got to uh, get it off the wall or get it off its um, stand. And then you've got to get on the bike. And then you've got to make the decision to do it, to cycle. And you might go a little bit left and a little bit right, but then within a few seconds, well, maybe only a couple of seconds, you're cycling forward. And the thing is about cycling forward, you're getting away from the cliff, aren't you? So I'm thinking, maybe we need to try things slightly different to help us achieve what we want. And that might be just to re-establish what the rules are. So that rugby player, he wanted to uh, win uh, a test match. And he also wanted a cup of tea. And then it took somebody else just to prompt him. Actually, no, I don't do that. I do this. So on the rules that you might make for yourself in respect of maybe achieving something or being something, I wonder if or not we've consciously written down all the things that we need to do to ensure we get it. Not all of us do that. Certainly not all the time. But then the other bit, I think the thing that's different here now, is to write down all the things that you know you're not going to do. I'm a non-smoker, so that means I don't smoke. <laughs> <coughs> oh dear. See, I said smoking as a non-smoker, and it's made me cough. Uh, I am now a non-smoker. I used to smoke. Gave up oh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. So write down all the things that you are going to do to achieve, all the things you think you're going to do. Beg, change that. Write down all the things that you're going to do to ensure you get close to what you want to get. And then the other side is put down the blockers behind you, the things behind you that you're not going to do. Cups of tea, a couple of biscuits. You're probably only going to move a little bit closer to the cliff edge, but you're getting closer. Now the thing about cliffs is coastal erosion will eventually take that cliff down. That means nature is going to get you down. Not necessarily humans, nature. The forces of nature, tides, water, wind. Hmm. On the cliffs, on the cliffs uh, tops in the Galapagos Islands, which are volcanic in origin, and there's still some volcanoes underneath that one day will blow. There's uh, a cormorant, a flightless cormorant. Only lives in two parts of the islands. And the thing is about these guys, they've got beautiful piercing blue eyes. And their wings are smaller than everyone else in, in the cormorant family. Morning and they can't fly. What they've done, they've, they've developed the ability to get food and, and to survive and thrive by not flying. And as a result of not flying anymore, they've worked out over time, they don't need their wings to fly. So these wings, you know, they're, they're smaller 
and they're unable to fly because of the size of them. And the thing is, why? You know, the bird watchers, and they've looked at this and thought, well, why have they done this? Because all the other 27, 28 different types of cormorants around the world, they all fly, but these, these ones don't fly. Two robins. Cool. Um, don't fly. Well, the thing is, they've got all their food and water within about 50 to 80 metres from the uh, uh, waterfront. They've got all their mates around them. The water's kind of um, uh, fresh and exciting, invigorating. A constant source of food comes along in the cold currents. And all their mates are really close. They've got no natural predators, so they don't need to fly away. They can have sex whenever they want with their friends. The females, they'll uh, mate three times a season, which means it gives the, uh, the group of cormorants a greater chance of survival. And they thought, well, actually, you know, I don't need to do any of this. Like the other cormorants who fly high, look down, see it, and then splash and crash into the water, pick up the uh, fish, or whatever it is they're going to eat, and then come up again. These guys don't well know. I can just jump in the water, have a bite to eat, have a swim with my mates, come up, have a bit of sex, chill out, spread the remaining parts of my wings, get the heat in my body, which they don't need to do, they just like to do it. And then they repeat. Life is pretty good. And if you were thinking about this, like their ancestors and our ancestors who came out of the water onto land for the first time, there was no there were no predators when we first stepped on land out of the water. It was kind of cool, everything was great. Whole new world. All the baggage from what was gone on before had disappeared. We had the new stuff full of adventures. And now we got technology, smartphones. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's progress progressive. Things with these cormorants, they were listed as uh, in danger of extinction. They're now vulnerable because even though there were no natural predators, um, some were brought onto the island, and that was dogs and cats who were, found it great fun to chase these things that couldn't fly. But now the numbers are stable and they are surviving. Um, but they are vulnerable. But you know, for the cormorants out there at the moment, life is good. However, you know, whilst they've got no goal about what they need to achieve, and there's nothing that's going to take them closer to the cliff edge, there is. And that's the effects of El Nino and global warming. The water currents that come up and bring all the food are getting warmer. And if it raises by a couple more degrees, that food will stop. That then means they'll die and become extinct. Morning. So, in terms of goals, first of all, focus on what you're looking for. Set some rules about what you're going to do. Set some rules about what you're not going to do. And the next thing is, you've got to move. A bit, bit like riding a bike. You've got to go forward. You've got to pedal. You don't want to go backwards because 50 centimetres is 50 centimetres too close to the edge. So how close do you want to go to the edge before you think, oh, Christ, and then you've got to move? At the moment, you might be comfortable. At the moment, you're probably not vulnerable. At the moment, you're probably not in danger of becoming extinct. However, that manifests itself in our lives. 
but if you step forward and change you'll get there it's okay to change little bits just a little bit and you can break the rules you can set new rules about going forward Paddington Bear a marmalade loving marmalade sandwich loving the spectacle bear from Peru once upon a time tried a different type of sandwich and it was cheese and marmite and when he tasted it he said mmm that's really rather good so maybe one thing about going forward is that we can make the decision each week I'm going to try one new thing maybe each day I try one new thing it might be I'm going to try something that I wouldn't normally do it might be I'm going to try and do something that I used to do and it used to work maybe a change in behavior just one little change and before you know it you'll be able to leave the water and be able to walk on land and who knows what excitement will be there rules I break keep off the grass when I see that I'll always do it I'll actually go up to the boundary and I'll put my foot on it and I'll look around defiantly take my foot off and walk away so there's a rebellious streak but I got confused because there's a field near here and they've laid out there must be a 200 meter track behind the, these woods it's quite a big area and there's a sign there where they've been planting stuff and the sign said please walk on the grass I'm like what <laughs> so i stopped and looked and it looked like a well it was an official sign it said listen normally you get a sign that says please don't step on the grass or keep off the grass here we need you to walk on it because it will help the land and it'll help the plants and it'll help the seeds to disperse so we can grow so can you please walk on the grass lots of love kisses hugs it didn't say that it said many thanks so maybe the rules you've got keep off the grass maybe check your resolve and see if you can change the words or change the environment of the rule you might end up putting your thumb on a sensor for your fingerprint <laughs> there might not be any change but there might also be a change so there we are riding bikes 50 centimeters to the cliff edge cups of tea and biscuits we've heard about cormorants and their blue eyes beautiful day here the sun is shining it's really hot and um, I'm hoping it's t-shirt weather when I get back. I know rain is coming. All right, everyone, listen, thanks so much for listening. Harvey and the Hatman, out. <laughs>